Andresa in the house. Jamal. How you doing, everybody? Jamal, Chef Jamal. Hey. Jalan. Right How y'all doing tonight? Leo. I'm here. What's going on? Karen. <laughs> hey. Shatoni here. Lewis. Welcome, Lewis here, Lewis Johnson. How's everyone doing? Very well. Hey, everybody. Glad you were able to tune in. Tonight's conversation is not intended for viewers 18 and under. So if you uh -oh. are <laughs> dismissed, moms and dads put the babies to bed. So, how are you guys feeling tonight? Great. Pretty good. Yeah. Good. Great. I love it. Well, tonight the, la the ladies are going to pass the baton to the gentlemen. We're going to start off um, and give you guys. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? Take anyway, the opportunity to go first. Um, and we're just going to jump right in because, like we said, time is always of an essence. We want to respect and value everyone's time tonight. So, tonight's topic is love and sex. Our first question of the night in the dating process. When should a couple discuss what they like and don't like when it comes to sex early on or once they're engaged and why? So on the men's panel, who wants to hop in? <laughs> I'm too young, so I can't answer these questions. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know you've had experience. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a shot at it. Um, I think you should discuss it early on. Um, and one of the reasons why I say that is because uh, we all know, whether it's sex or finances, those are some of the key areas where marriages or relationships fail. And I think uh, it's not about the communication only. I think it's about the comprehension about what I say to you and you truly understand what I mean. This way, we can be on an even plane um, as opposed to, well, I told you, um, because that always happened. You know, I told you this is how I was, or this is how I am, or this is what I like. It's very important that you get that buy-in from the from both people about what sex is and what, what it really means to you. Um, some people really are not, you know, sex-driven, especially as you get up, you get older in age, and you start to understand that sex is not the only thing that's important about being in a relationship. The other person may not understand that um, and vice versa. So I think it's important to have it early on and have a really good discussion. It doesn't have to be get, get down and dirty and nasty, but how people overcome situations um, that they may have had in the past or things that they're working on. Um, and I think if you don't do that, you put yourself in a position for I told you so, or even a letdown that can cause the relationship to go sour. Um, it's important to know how people deal with um, the aspects of sex. You know, how do you overcome? How do you do other things when you can't do something that someone may like or your partner may like? What can you compensate with? Um, it's important to understand what that really, really mean, not to just you, but to, um, but to the union. We all know, and I always say this before too, you know, sex is not about just intercourse. Sex is about intimacy. It's about understanding where you are and uh, where you would like to be as a unit that can continue to bring you guys closer and closer. 
So yes, I think sex is important to have early on. This way you can understand the mind of a person. Um, and this day and age, I, I'm gonna throw this out there. I think more women are so in tune with themselves um, that they are not just settling for just for anything. And if you don't have that conversation, again, you can really set yourself up for a, um, a disappointment. And sometimes just having a conversation about it when you're talking about the physical acts of sex, um, sometimes you don't get it. So uh, yes, it's important to have it early on. Um, and if you don't, trust me, uh, you'll have a lot of conversations and resentment behind it that can also cause a damage, can or cause damage in the relationship. I think for myself, um, I don't want to have any type of um, conversations regarding sex because I'm already knowing that man is sitting there thinking about sex. <laughs> he got me <laughs> in his eyes. <laughs> like, you know, we don't need to have that conversation. I think in the in the vetting process, it's more about um, both of us viewing the intrinsic value and understanding, you know, what we have outlined for ourselves in our intentions going forward period with or without one another. So it's it's probably better to get past that phase. And I think it's more or less um, for me uh, when I have a ring on my finger, I don't wanna sound like, you know, that is, you know, the mission, but, you know, I don't really think that premarital sex means anything. Um, I think once you're engaged and you know, this is your long-term partner that's an effective conversation because I know that I'm spending the rest of my life for you, with you, excuse me. Not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, you're right, Nicole. You're definitely right, Erica. So I, Erica, it, it you know, we both been married before. So we, you know, we've been there, done that. Um, I, in my experience, um, and some of the conversations that I have, even with, you know, with just in general in groups, there is a, a, uh, a stigma that's out there that, you know, you want to taste the, you know, you want to taste the pie, you know, before, you know, you serve the pie or you want to, you know, test, you know, test a car before you go. And again, when I, when I was talking about sex, I didn't really necessarily meant the physical act of what it is, but more or less on the intimacy part. Like, how do you view intimacy? What does that really mean to you? Um, and how do you, you know, continue to be to keep it sustainable within a relationship? Um, and I think that can help with the conversation when you do have that conversation about sex because it makes it that much more important um, about what intimacy is and how important it is to sex. Um, in the long run, but you know, to each his own. Some people don't like to have it direct, and you don't have to have the the fullness of what it really means. But you know, you you gotta really touch on it. You don't want that elephant in the room, and then, and ladies, you know, gentlemen, you know as well. You've seen it before where people talk about you've been together for so long, and then next thing you know, it comes to the point where it's time to have sex, and it's disappointing, or for whatever reason, it's not where it's supposed to be. And you had this heightenedcy of hoping that I've waited a while now that we've known each other, we've, we fell in love or we've grown in it, but the sex is not where it needs to be. And if you can't work together about how to get sex where it needs to be ahead of time, um, it does become a problem. I mean, it, 
in a lot of relationships, there are a lot of people who are married relationship and, and having sex other way, other places. And that's not good too, so. And I wonder too, if um, maturity comes into place too. If you are young in a relationship and, and I'm talking about in experience and in age, and you start having conversations about sex too early, a lot of times that leads into phone sex. And that's not what we're talking about. You know, cause you start describing, oh, I like this, I like that. And then that, that causes certain kind of imaginations and stuff like that. But folks in our age circle bracket, if you will, um, when that discussion is, is had in the dating process, that's more so, I wanna understand how do you view sex? You know, Absolutely. if you, if I find out, Hey, in the early process, you know, um, even into marriage, you want to have sex with two other guys in the room. Like, Whoa, that's, I'm not into that. I would want to find that out <laughs> early. I'm pretty sure women would want to know that as well. You know, you have some guys who, um, maybe into all kind of craziness. So, or, or vice versa. So you would want to know that ahead of time but once it starts getting into the imagination and right. i like it like this and i want to do this and then conversations turn into actions way too early True. and then you regret it so good point I, I would definitely like to hear more more from the females um on this particular topic because you have one side that is very old school, very structured in a systematic format of how they view intimacy. So, I mean, do you women also agree with that same systematic approach of needing to have a ring on it and then you pursue intimacy? Or, you know, I, I would be interested in hearing from a female, from the lovely ladies that are here as well. We have one, you know, position that feels that way. Do you all feel that way as well? I, I do not. Um, uh, for me, um, uh, I've been married twice, okay? The first marriage was 13 years and it ended in divorce because it's, you know, some, um, some issues. Um, the second time I was married, I, I believe I got married too quickly. Mm. Um, uh, we discussed um, how we felt about each other initially before the whole marriage and everything like that. And we didn't really talk about um, sex, you know, not, not too much. But once we were married, um, it was a problem because we had not discussed it. So um, I think you should at least know a lot uh, um, about the person or, hold on a second, what is that thing? Hold on. <laughs> okay. got we, we got extended yeah, you, time. People like it, so they want extended yeah, time. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> Director's cut. So, so, so I, I believe in, in my, my, I think that I would want to know more about what that person was into or what they, um, you know, what made them tick, you know, that's why my second marriage, you know, I, I, I feel that's why it didn't work because there was a lot of things that I found out that I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. it's something. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah it's just, yeah, didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Good. You know, that's, that's one. Um, dating is difficult for me as, as I, I think I spoke the first time, you know, when we were kind of doing our little thing. Um, it's difficult because of my age and also I'm, I'm kind of scared, you mm -hmm. know, um, I don't, I don't have, a, I have a hard time trusting people, you know, and 
there's just, especially in Atlanta, I believe, um, there's so many, um, I don't know, I, I just have a hard time um, meeting people that I would actually want to date or, or, you know, talk to or whatever. Uh, it's just my, my Atlanta experience and my, my experience in general, I going to say. That's good, that's good. Got you. So be, before we go on to that one, I, I want to continue this, 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 this interesting concept. So, I mean, chef, you got something for us? Like, how, how do you respond to one side that says they feel it needs to be in a particular system, systematic approach, and then the other one is more so free and interested in it, but there has to be responsibilities and maturity that comes with that level of uh, sex and intimacy. What's your thoughts on that, chef? It all depends on the individual person because that category there is, is very broad. So a lot of people think, a lot of people feel different ways about having a conversation about sex. Therefore, you should, like she was saying, you should have the conversation, right? I mean, she feel like she should have had a conversation because later down the line, it will end up into a place where if this person is asking like, oh, I would like to do this. And it's been, you're like, oh no, hold up. Oh, hold up. <laughs> I don't get down like this. So right. that, that causes big confrontation. So in my opinion, I believe you should speak about this in the very beginning because you don't want any trick bags later down the line, basically. So, you know, and you're falling into somebody and you really think everything some people will actually go with some of the things that they don't like because they feel for that person, they like that person. And they might, they won't enjoy some of the things in that room when they have sex, but they will continue doing it, continue doing it just to show the person that they care about them. And then later down the line, it causes havoc. Mm -hmm. So we'll move on to that question. Um, I want to definitely expand on a couple of topics that being love. And the next question for us is love at first sight. Is it real or unrealistic fantasy? Uh, I don't believe in love at first sight. I, 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 I feel like oh. fairy tale type of stuff. I feel like love is a choice in my opinion. Um, it's not an emotion that we, you know, a lot of us have, you know, put love in the category that it's a, a total feeling, like how you get butterflies in your stomach when you see someone or, you know, it's all these things that go along with it, all this paraphernalia, like Valentine's Day and all that stuff. But love is a choice. I feel like you make a decision to love somebody unconditionally or conditionally you know, whatever the case may be. So I feel like love at first sight, it doesn't really exist. I think it's lust at first sight. Mm -hmm. because, um, a lot of times you're just going after somebody because you're physically attracted to them, but to actually love them, you know, all flaws and all, that's a choice. So are we I'm gonna say, so when you say love at first sight, are we being technical? Like mm -hmm. first or just first, let's say first conversation, having long conversations, you know, speaking all night on the phone, <laughs> you know, doing all of that, have that long conversation. Is that love at first sight or just, oh, 
we are meet you someone. So you're flipping the pot, you're stirring the pot, you at work, and this gorgeous fine lady walks in and you like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of first sight. That's that's lust. <laughs> that's lust, because there's nothing you know about that person. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I'm gonna challenge it a little bit because Oh, go ahead. Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna challenge that a little bit because um, I asked my grandma, who's now passed away, I asked her how she met my grandpa, and she said they were at church, and he was uh, a visiting preacher, and she said he saw me. She's from Guyana, right? He saw me, and I saw him, and we like each other, and we got married. <laughs> Boom. It was so simple. Boom. It was so simple. Five. So that also, yeah. And I thought, wow, like that, that's powerful. Like he saw <laughs> you, you saw him, you got married and had like seven kids and you lived happily ever after until he, you know, passed a little bit prematurely. Um, so I, I just want to say it is a, it is, you can have love at first sight. And it is again, like what Jalong was saying, a choice and a commitment, right? And then back then I feel like they were um, a little bit different in, in that commitment. You know, they didn't have a necessarily how we can, you know, have a way out. They were like, okay, I'm in it. I'm gonna stick through through thick and thin. So um, I kind of do believe in love at first sight. That's me. <laughs> That's amazing. My grandmother was the same way. She actually had to choose between two men she was with. And I'm like, why were you with two men? <laughs> Oh, they courted. They courted back then. They didn't play. They were. They were about those Bridgerton vibes, like all about Bridgerton vibes. Okay, I agree with that. that. Maybe it's because of the time. You know, now yeah. we are so we got to know everything from your DNA sample to your eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> your credit report. You got. You know. History. Are you crazy? Like we got to know everything about this person before we even say we're deciding to love you. So I feel like back then they took love for what it was. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going for it. I'm there, you know, nothing held back. So it wasn't all complicated like it is now. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at, well, you gotta have the right, you know, car, the right house, the right career, money in the bank, you know, your hairline gotta be straight. You know, your <laughs> all kinds of little things you know that you know rule people out for who they are and saying you know what i'm gonna fall head over heels because you feed my soul mm. Mm. i like that all right so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the the gamblers i'm gonna be the gamblers advocate so for starters i who whoever is having a beverage oh thanks okay so you rushed it wow okay so since we all rush it. If you have a beverage, cheers. If you don't have a beverage, it's an air beverage, so cheers. <laughs> so we got we got to get this right because um, the righteousness got to get got to get out the door. We got to get to realness. Bump the righteousness. There we go. There we go. Let, let's let's get the the righteousness is beautiful. It's nice. It's it's great for PG thirteen, but this is rated mature and for mature. So you mean to tell me that you mean to tell me that for love at first sight is more of a lustful behavior than an actual love behavior, even though that love at first sight is technically a choice that's influenced and inspired by 
the fulfillment of a spiritual feeling. Hmm. Because, and, and I bring that up because let's say you're out getting groceries and there's a gentleman that meets every single aspect of your preferences or of your standards. And he happens to, you know, be in line and you're getting ready to take your groceries. And he says, you know, you can go in front of me. And you're like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> and at that present, and at that moment, you guys link eyes and obviously he finds you attractive and you find him attractive. You guys happen to Whoa. exchange contacts. You, you happen to exchange contacts and then you meet up later down the road, right? Cause time elapsed. And in the midst of the conversation and the dialogue, he says, you know what? I, I, I wanna be very transparent with you. The conversation has been wonderful. Everything just seems to be you know, perfect and you totally agree. And he says that it just feels like I fell in love with you at love at first sight. Are you saying based upon your ideals, that's a lust approach towards you? I wouldn't say that's a lustful approach because if you're actually thinking in your mind, when I see you, I'm thinking about your personality. I'm thinking about you know our conversation then I wouldn't say it's lustful unless he said, girl, your body is banging, girl, you, your, your bottom is a blessing. <laughs> right, but no, I wouldn't say that it's lustful. I'm just saying what defines love at first sight? Are you ready to propose and say, let's get married? You know, like, how do you know this person is the one for you to lead you down that road at first sight? You see what I'm saying? Right. But then in that in that same logic, you're also saying if he doesn't have that immediate choice and depiction of you off rip, then by default, it's always lust. So that's what I'm saying. If you're going to define the terminology love at first sight, when it's usually the man that usually has the love at first sight, are you self-projecting something that's incorrect? No, it's, I don't think it's only men that have love at first sight. I think women can, you know, see a man and think I can see him as my husband or, you know, I, I can love this person too. But, but is that lustful? No, I don't think so. I think for women, we, yeah, we look at the physical, but I think we more so see that person as a husband figure in you know, in the future. So I don't think it's just and lustful. I mean, unless you say, you know, I want to go home with you tonight, let's kick it, you know, with that kind of talk and that goes, that mind frame. No, I don't think so. Oh, what up, Shouty? So, so yeah, let, let me just <laughs> let you know what's up. Like, if it, it's all in the approach to me, because I've been approached, yeah. and Dresa can attest to this that night we went out two different times by two different guys two different ways. One man approached me as a gentleman, you know, asked me my name, talked to her like real, you know, suave and just real gentleman. Like I gave him my number. And then another guy come up, he's shaking the champagne bottle. Hey, shawty, give me your number and all this mess. And I'm like, I can't. And he, you know, it's like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? And I immediately like my defenses went up. So I just feel like 
it's all in the approach. He was never getting my number, you know. So <laughs> first guy did, the second guy didn't. But I felt like I was more intrigued by the first guy because of how he came to me, how he approached me, treated me like a lady and things like that. So I thought more of this guy has something that I'm looking for, even in the first interaction. And sometimes it's it's spiritual. Like there's some type of spiritual alignment that you can feel. I, I know it's very fantasy. And sometimes, you know, in reality, you hear this, but you'll hear someone say, I loved you before I met you, you know? And there's something about that spiritual alignment, something about that individual. Yeah. It's so, I'm sorry, Eric, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, you know me, I like to break down the roots of things and like, why do we behave the way that we do? Why do we think the way that we do? So. If we can go back to, if, if it was possible for us to go back to the first time that phrase, love at first sight was even uttered, what was that person thinking? Were they, what they call love, was it really a connection, mm -hmm. right? So there was a connection at first and they called it love because maybe they had no other way of describing it for what they were feeling, butterflies, the person was attractive, whatever, right? So somebody coined it, love at first sight. But how many times have we heard, man, you know, stories of people going out on the first date and they actually, both of them felt, man, there was no lust involved. There was no sex involved. There was just something about this person that really touches you to your core, right? then people start calling it, man, that, when I first met them, that was love at first sight. Well, it may not have been actual love at first sight. There was the connection on a deeper level, right? So we got to understand we are human. We are attracted just like peacocks are, God made peacocks the way how they're made, female peacocks that is, so that the male peacock could be attracted. That's just the law of nature, right? And not to be all spiritual, did Adam first love Eve when he first saw her? The first thing that he uttered out of his mouth was, wow, damn, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I love this woman, <laughs> whatever, right? Whatever that, that word was. So there was that connection. But the difference is these two people were brought together in a situation and the foundation was already laid for them to go ahead and move into this relationship. I agree that some people call lust sex at, and, they, and they believe they're really in love with that person, but it's really they're attracted to that person's physique, you know, what that person was driving. Oh, girl, I love him. Man, I really love this girl. Appearances. But the appearances. So they misuse that word. Yeah, I want to put this disclaimer. I, I want to put this disclaimer in before we continue. I, I think one of the key things we need to be very mindful of is our definition of certain words that we commonly use and terms that we commonly use as well. Yeah. Because, you know, that's a hindrance to blessings that we could possibly receive or blessings by which we block. And we have to be very mindful and, and cordial when it comes down to what type of terminology and verbiage we're using to describe feelings and emotions. 
And it's not to say nobody can, in my personal opinion, it's not to say, you know, I couldn't fall in love at first sight with a woman knowing that there is a physical aspect that comes with the territory. Because let's not be naive. We all are looking at each other visually. That's not an internal thing that is exposed. We're not gifted that reward to see each other's true inner spirit until yeah. that expresses itself over time. So we can't negate the fact that a physical appearance plays a major role in the interests of someone's internal feeling towards someone, unless you're doing it on some internet dating thing where you both don't have profile pictures and you're just having great right. conversation, right? But you know, we're, we're past those AOL days where you're collecting CDs for 450 hours. You know what I mean? Like we're past <laughs> those days. The dial of days we're done. So you know, I I just want to say that because I think sometimes how we define things has either been the demise of unfortunate previous relationships or even perceptions of how we should, you know, look at certain things. All right, so we're gonna turn it up just a little bit in general. And this is a question for the ladies only. Fellas, I'm gonna give you a break for a moment. So drink your wine, drink your scotch, drink your brandy, whatever you got. Ladies, in general, do women want a man who is willing to explore new things in bed? Is that important? What's new? <laughs> yeah, define new, please. What's right. new? Yeah. Whatever your new new is, okay? We all have our preferences. Is that important to a woman? <laughs> or a long lasting, think about it. You're with an individual for the rest of your life, ideally, anyway. I don't know about everybody, but yeah, you got to keep it spicy. And so is... Is it important? Are you, is he will, if he's willing to explore those new things, is that important to you? Excuse me. Look at Sharon's face. Let me share my line. <laughs> it's important. It's important. I believe it's important. Um, when you're with someone, you, you're going to be spending all your, your time with them, you know, and if you don't, if he's not willing to um, explore with you, then you're going to be dissatisfied and you're going to want something else. So I, I feel that that person should want to um, make you happy and, you know, vice versa. I agree. I second that. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, you know what, my fantasy Tonight, I'm going with, hey, I'm in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, but I mean, all in all, it's it's really about the newness and keeping the newness. I think that that's very important. Jalon, you're sitting there like, um, well, I mean, for me, it, it, it's cool as long as it's not degrading, as long as that person doesn't feel like they're coming out of themselves, you know, if, if it's just totally just off the wall, off the chain, like type of stuff, like leave some porno stuff like no <laughs> we, we ain't doing that and I think it's important to have those conversations because you know everyone's sex drive is different everybody's fantasies are different I'm okay with trying new things you know hanging from the chandelier whatever but as long oh. as I as whoa, a person, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean get wild I get the get Mimi rock <laughs> as long as you're comfortable 
comfortable together getting wild together that way and not somebody feeling like they're obligated just because and they're uncomfortable then yeah i'm i'm okay with new but as long as it's not making me feel uncomfortable there are just certain things that will just not come up on the table don't even think it <laughs> don't even come near me with that so okay so men let's reverse that question and, and go to you guys is that important for men? Look at Jamal's face. All right now. Looking <laughs> <laughs> over the glasses, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm going to ask the question for the men. Do men want a woman who is willing to explore new things in bed? Most men do. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, oh, okay. That's just that's just how it is, you know. You know, we're um but my beliefs is, I think that everybody should, you should make your, your significant other happy. So if that person's happy doing whatever they fantasize about doing, you know, you should go ahead and return the same thing. As long as it's like she said, it's not degrading in something you don't agree on because like me, I'm not gonna do any kind of anal, nothing, nothing none of that kind of stuff is happening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's just me. But you know, if you want to try some other stuff, you know, I'll, like she said, she want to swing from the chandelier, Jane, Tarzan, you know, <laughs> everything is fine. Y'all rich with these chandeliers. I yeah. know. Jesus. That's the only chandelier I know of is at Home Depot. Y'all rich. Huh? <laughs> uh. Do that. But, mm -mm. Yeah. But right. here's, here's another one. And while we're on the subject, highly important. Jamal, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. No, I, no that was me. I was actually going to piggyback on something real quick. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to the question, should you have that conversation, you know, uh, about certain things yep. prior to really being with someone? Because I think one of the most important things now is someone's mental health and physical health. You know, it, it, you have to understand where that what that is, because, you know, if someone is not there mentally, it's going to be very difficult to get someone to really cross those boundaries and really accept what it is that you need as a woman, speaking from a male perspective, what you need as a woman in order to be satisfied or feel sexy or feel like you're closer to your man. And if you don't, if you don't have that and the person don't want to do those things and in back of his mind, it's probably, well, we should have talked about that, you know, prior to us getting together, if you want to be all like that, or if you kind of willy nilly about your sexual um, the way, you know, the way you want to do things. So that is important. And then the, the physical health about it, you know, it's important to know someone's physical health once you're with them, because if someone can't perform, I don't care what you like to do. It's just not going to happen. Then you really be frustrated um, about doing certain things within your relationship. Lisa, you, you, your eyes got wide. Let's hear from you. <laughs> no, no, I was like, his right, like nobody wants somebody that can't perform, of course, you know, that is important, the mental health, the physical health, um, sex is important in a relationship, and I'm, I'm down for the idea of exploring new things, um, and like uh, Louis said, communicating beforehand what you like, what you don't like, so that you can go ahead and explore, because sex is important, period, like point blank, in a relationship as a human being, you know? True. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get on the layout tip. Everyone take a sip. I'm gonna take a sip. 
Hold on, see you take your sip. <laughs> and I don't have a glass or my um wine opener. <laughs> take it to the head, girl. Take it to the head. Look, I don't even have a match for my candles. It is a forty ounce of wine. Oh wow! Is masturbation? Oh, I don't. I have to go downstairs to get it. They won't bring rooms. There's not. You know, it's hotels. It's, uh, okay. Is masturbation important while single? <laughs> and relationship the question is masturbation important while single and or is it healthy in a relationship depends on your spirituality your religion how you feel about certain things all that coincides with that so you know some people with spiritual feel like they shouldn't masturbate shouldn't waste their seed as the male side, you know, so to helps them keep their energy, helps them stay strong, stuff like that. So we can't really, ah, depends. I love that answer. I agree. It depends. Mm. But what, what, expound on what you said, what would make it important in, in your single life? Well, there are, I was on Oprah.com and there was a column where the woman talked about keeping herself faithful because her partner was not consistent with her sexual needs and desires. So she would have to be in touch with her femininity in order to understand her body. And she was also in fear of becoming asexual because the stimulation by him was just that, you know, it, it was a way for her to connect with her mate, but she got no gratification, no pleasure from it. So isn't that a catalyst to the original question that goes to communication about sex? Um, because again, if you're, if you're, again, everybody is different. If you're baselining your platform of, I won't have sex until marriage, let's say, I think the better question would be, if that's your, if that's your foundation, and you're involved with someone, how would you feel if they're masturbating because they've been committed to you and they wanna communicate the intimacy aspect with you, but you are standing strong by your own grounds? And again, I say that in the sense of everybody has their own different perception of what they believe is right and what they believe is wrong um, or what they believe is better. So. You know, when it comes down to being single and masturbating, I agree with everyone. It, it depends on that individual's preference um, and their purpose. Again, we could take the route, we could take the righteous route and automatically ding it as a no, you shouldn't do it. But let's be realistic, humanistic, and let's be honest with our normalized behavior, the laws of nature. Mm -hmm. If it's a pleasurable act and it satisfies a particular need that's not being fulfilled, are we really judging that person because they wanted to communicate a genuine intimate act with you and you are choosing or electing not to entertain that with them? So that's something that I, 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 I'm, I would bring up to you know, the platform and kind of question alongside the original question, if you are the one holding your grounds and not being intimate with that person, should you hold that spouse or partner accountable for pleasuring themselves 
as a sacrifice of not wanting to cheat on you. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that. Any other takers before we move on? Well, the question was about being single, right? Masturbating while you're single. Right? Or in a relationship. Oh. Yeah, it was twofold. Yeah. Oh, I missed that point. Yeah. Okay, so is it important what your partner wears to bed? <laughs> is it important? I'm yeah. a photographer. He's like, you know, yeah. bed. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, we wear stuff to bed? Is this a trick question? <laughs> oh, the chef. <laughs> Is this a trick question? The chef, you picking it up, boy. <laughs> yeah, it, chef, lead, lead the way with the cooking it up, because I'm trying to I'm trying to see if this is like a tongue twister, if this is like a riddle from Riddler or something. <laughs> Man, I'm, I mean, it helps. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. You, what you mean, Erica? Like what they wear to bed when you're about to be intimate or like an everyday thing? Just in general, you know, just going to bed on most nights, you know. Okay, so for me, I'm not a label whore, I'm not a label girl, I'm not all that, but I do like the sophistication in a man taking pride in his undergarments. I don't like the Hanes and the, oh, are we making a premiere? <laughs> I don't like the pains and all that. I mean, like, you know, I, I feel like if you are coming to bed, you should have a nice set of pajamas on. Now, not saying that it has to be labeled or name brand, but, you know, if you have a so you so you want a man so you want a man no you know I get it. so I, I get it you want a man in a Winnie the Pooh onesie I get it right <laughs> right Pooh Bear I have the honey I don't want to for my honey that's important or I mean you know the traditional birthday suit will do but you know it's it's one of those <laughs> I think pajamas are nice. I like that. I do like pajamas, and no no underwear with holes and all that. You're right. Pajamas and a clean, nice clean t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. What if the hole is in the right place? <laughs> okay. oh, that's always welcome. I mean, uh, let's let's not act. We ain't seen twice. That's, that's, that's right. right <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking. You know, what I mean, if there's restrictions, that sounds like I gotta wear a chastity belt at this point. Right, right. <laughs> I, to me, I think it helps um, for my lady to come to bed. I mean, not looking raggedy. Um, I think if she wants, number one, smelling good. We all know hygiene is probably, mm. probably one of the biggest things, right? You know, so we would hope we all take showers, but. Um, but you know, hygiene, and then coming to bed, look, coming to bed, looking um, respectful, because you know sometimes you have if you don't have sex, I mean, you have intimate talk, and it's good to smell your woman. I know she want to smell her man, and then you're having a great conversation. You know what? From there, listen, when the cover's on, it doesn't matter what you got on. Be honest with you. Um, so. <laughs> what are your thoughts and opinions and concerns on premarital sex? <clears throat> Oh. <laughs> yeah, Sharon, get that 40 ounce bottle. Let's get it. I mean, 
that forty ounce ready. In the word, of course, I have a son who's fourteen, so we all know what happened, how he got here. Um, but I just feel like you have to be responsible. I always said when I was in college that I would wait until I was in my twenties if I you know, had sex before marriage because I didn't want to be a teenager. There was just something about being in my twenties and feeling like I was more responsible with, you know, indulging in premarital sex. Um, I just waited for that time frame. Um, I just feel like you have to know yourself. I mean, for me, even to kind of come up with that notion to at least wait until I was in my 20s, just to be realistic. We live in a realistic world. I was taught a certain way, but you know, we make mistakes. There's things that happen. And you know, um, I just feel like you just have to kind of look at it from a responsibility aspect. Take your time, but when you're ready, in a sense, um, to you know, if that becomes a part of your life, then that was your decision. Hmm. I'm kind of quiet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Mm. Before I got disconnected, my internet was cutting up there. Um, I was asking a question. A couple goes to dinner. What outfits turn a man and woman on? So I'd like to hear from both panels. All in preference. It's all preference. Yeah. yeah. Depends on where we're going. Going right. Mm -hmm. Where are we going? Dress going. Yes. That's a yeah. big thing for me. I don't ever want to feel overdressed or underdressed where I go because I want to feel comfortable. We're both dressed appropriately. You know, I'll even look up restaurants. What's the dress code? So that way, when we arrive, I don't have to worry about feeling out of place. So it just depends on where we're going, mm -hmm. what we're doing, what's the activity. I've been noticing uh, like our culture is changing. I don't know what it is about people becoming laxed with, you know, tennis shoes and hoodies. They're getting uh, the Kanye mm -hmm. West inspired look. <laughs> but <laughs> for me, traditionally, I don't mind a button down. You know, I don't mind when you spruce it up and, you know, wear the blazer and the dress shoes. And, you know, some people are like, you know, that's just, that's not my thing. But, you know, coming out of pandemic, it's like, you can't, I, I just, I don't think that there's any room for casual. I think you still have to step it up and spruce it up. And there is a, a level of expectation there. Not to say that I have expectations with that individual, but I would like you to have expectations in your dress and groom so that you can keep the relationship exciting and spontaneous. Yeah, you know, some, some men, it, it depends on how they feel too, because some men don't like their women dressing provocative. Some men don't want their women dressing too tight or have a lot of cleavage or, or you know what I'm saying, ass cheeks hanging out or anything <laughs> like that or heels too high. They don't, some men don't, don't prefer that, you know, and it's, so it can't, it depends on the, like you said, the conversation you have beforehand. Mm -hmm. That always goes back to the conversation before because when you meet that person, 
y'all have that conversation about sex and then you have that conversation about the uh how their interests and the things they go to and when you lead into those you kind of can feel what the type of person they are when they dressing out when they go out with how they dress and whatnot because they're going to the club all the time you already know that that type of person is going to dress very provocative a lot of the time because right. oh yeah i go here and i go there and i go here so you can kind of understand what type of person they are so i go up for that i like that let's move over back to uh the subject of love is it okay for your mate to be close friends with his or her ex no <laughs> if, if they if they have a child together i think it's fine you know because they have to have that kind of communication i would say yes but not close friends yeah, not, I don't think there's any room for any communication whatsoever. If you are counseling with that, like Sharon said, you know, you have children. Okay. You know, uh, if you guys were, you know, married and something comes up from some business decision, you know, past, then okay. But I mean, if you are counseling with this person or, you know, discussing matters because, you know, they can personally relate when it comes to certain things, absolutely not. That leads to somewhat of a soul tie. And if that has not been clipped, <laughs> we have a serious problem. Yeah, I, I would totally hope. agree with everything. I totally agree with all the ladies. No, it's no room for it. Right. Yeah, you I would hope. Vagina and no, what for? You're not going back. You're with me now. We're not opening this. We're not But it was a long time. No. I'm your friend. Where I'm your woman friend with, no. <laughs> Correct. What was that? It was a long friendship beforehand. Like they had a, a long friendship before they got a relationship, didn't work out, but they still remain friends. How does that work? You know, friendships start and friendships end. Yep. <laughs> or or there should be some um, level of respect, especially if if I'm cool with with the with the woman and we've been friends, right? And she and we and we real cool like we ace boom you know there are times when you know I, I helped her out whatever it may be and I know where you know and, and I, it's not like I'm waiting to you know and I know there's a stigma that most guys a lot of guys stay around or guys friends stay around until a woman say you know what you know hey we've been friends so let's get together but I would hope there's a level of respect um from her so that we can build on something that if she really want to be with me that she would not sever ties but she would also let her the people that she's like really close and always around her in her face that she would let them know hey listen i'm starting a new relationship i'm going to spend some time with this person and really get to know them um i would hope that conversation would be there that she would let me know that she has some friends don't hold it back that she has some friends that they're close for whatever reason. And I would explore that, you know, I wouldn't let, let it go and just say whatever it is, but I will hope she will allow that relationship not to continue to be so tight that it interferes with us getting to know each other, us getting to really um, build a bond because that can cause a, a cause an issue. Now with children, yes, I always ask, is the father in their life? I always ask that question. Um, and, you know, if they say, well, yes, he is, he's a good father. We don't have any connection. We don't have any ties, but he does his thing with his kids. I'm cool with that. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if she said, you know, every now and then we talk about the kids and we talk about certain things, I'm just like, okay, so we got to make a decision. Um, I'm not going to be right away kind of on a defense side, but I, I would kind of almost question it to see where her left, where her head is as to if she really want to be with me. Is she really ready to get in a relationship? Is she really, really ready to start something new and grow on it? Because growth is always impeded by something interfering with it. And if you're willing to do that and grow, then you would kind of back away from certain things, but let them know so they don't feel like you're alienating them. But let them know, hey, I just joined, uh, you know, I just got to know someone and I want to really explore that. So I would hope there's a level of respect there because I would have the same thing on, on the opposite end. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I kind of feel like if you had a sexual relationship with this individual, period. You can't do nothing about that. Yeah, but I there there's there's I, said, I mean there's there's it could happen again basically. Yeah. But yeah. there's that's, that's not always going to be there. That's not true because uh, sometimes that, that. I have sex. That's what I mean. No, that happen again. That's that's how we think. I mean, that's that, as a woman, that is how we think. We think that. It's going to happen again because you know i but i think i think when you dig up a weed my mother used to always say when we garden pull it from the root pull it from the root or else it will grow back okay you got to get it out of there and that's it like if you still have access to this person you're giving them accessibility to you that's just that's flat line for me so but so then why do why do some women maybe you guys have some of your friends who find it easy when you flip it around, you find it easy to develop friendships with other men while you're with your partner. So you don't want him to develop friendships or hold on to past friendships, which I agree with, but you- With exes? Huh? With exes or just male friends in general? I'll say both. (laughs) Oh, male friends are different. I mean, we're talking. You're talking about someone in a in a, in a sexual relationship. No. Yeah. I, I, not not sex. No. Just oh. period. Like, okay. Obviously, women won't want a man to have a friendship with his ex, and I totally agree with that. I don't go back. I keep it right. Real. That's, okay. That's me. Right. But on the flip side, some women still maintain a friendship with their ex. Or they may develop new friendships with men, but they say, hey, it's okay. I'm not doing anything. But the man can't do that. I think it's a double standard. Sometimes. It is a double standard. It is a double standard. And I mean, Sharon, it is a double standard. It had to deal with, if you have children together, there's going to be some form of communication. Now, I wouldn't just go out as I'm dating you and say, I'm just going to get some new male friends. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just disrespectful because then to me, it shows that you're not really committed to a relationship. You want to still be out there doing your thing while you have me. So I don't think that finding new male friends in that situation is appropriate, but I'm, I'm the type of person that if you have, say, take the X's out of it, sure. and you had friends before I came along, I'm fine with that. That's already been established. If they're not your ex, that's fine. That's where we draw the line. If they are yeah. your ex, then I feel like if you don't have any children, there's no need 
to yeah. be in communication. Right. So they're, exactly. they're definitely different things. Now, yeah. I don't expect you as a male to go out now and meet some new females because that's where the lines get crossed and like that's where the cheating can start. You know what I mean? Right. Because why are you becoming mm. friends with new people? So I just feel like it depends on the situation. Yeah. Right. No kids, exes, not ex, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna be the gambler's advocate again. I think that theory, which that that theory that you're mentioning, I think it's only gonna get amplified and get worse. And I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna take it this way. There's a there's statistics that show that women are being much more successful than men. And if certain opportunities, whether it's career or professional, require establishing relationships with those that have those networking opportunities or connection, if there are the majority of women and you're involved with a man who's looking for an opportunity, are you saying that he's not allowed to establish relationships and friendships for the opportunity to capitalize on a job or, or expansion of career or anything like that. And, and I wanna be clear when I say that because there's gonna be a quick, no, that's not what we mean. But in business, you have to be political and you have to establish business connections and ties. So when it comes down to the opposite sex, there is a jealousy tendency that's usually created or, or planted naturally in those that don't have the self-esteem or the confidence in their own self by which they have no confidence in the relationship that they're with mm -hmm. that particular individual. So I, I question that logic just out of curiosity. If, if we're saying that men are not allowed to quote unquote have female friendships then that should also mean that women shouldn't have male friendships. So where does that lie with both parties internally about how they feel about each other and how they feel about themselves? Well, I mean, it's not, and I get what you're saying, like, no, that's not what we mean, because obviously you have coworkers, you have bosses, you have, you know, employees if you have your own business so I feel like you go, you're going to have to have some type of a relationship in that aspect my thing is if it starts to turn into something else where now this person is contacting you at ungodly hours you know work is done at five but they're contacting you at six seven eight nine when work is done is at the office like why are you talking to this person this late at night what can you possibly be saying what is your conversation going to be about now i feel like in conversation with your excuse me significant other you'll probably just banter and talk about oh this lady at work or that man at work you, you know it will might come up in conversation so names may be familiar you know this happened and you name somebody you know oh okay i heard about this person but I feel like it's just all in how it's done. If it's, you're not a doctor and you're not on call, nobody should be paging you at night. You see what I'm saying? What, true, what? but that's true. And, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you on that. That's true. But, but I, do wanna, I do wanna say this as a form of inspiration for everyone out there watching. 
it's with this whole idea and this whole persona of everybody wanting to be entrepreneurs, where it's like, I don't want to work at nine to five. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm sorry. If you're an entrepreneur, you're working 24 seven point blank and the period you're working 24 seven based upon how you're trying to structure your business, whether you're doing investments, whether you're doing uh, cosmetology, whether you're doing, you know, marketing sales or anything like that there will be certain hours where it may not feel comfortable to your spouse, but it is all about conducting business. So it's, it's one of those things where communication to me, I, I always say communication is the number one most important thing to me in any relationship. I think communication has to be set, not necessarily set in stone, but it has to be set clearly to mm-hmm. ensure that self-esteem and confidence is not wavered, it's not jeopardized, it's not at risk. Because what I am seeing with our culture and just other and other people as well, there's a fear if your man or your woman is not next to you. Mm. Or there's a fear that if you don't know exactly where they are, you're scared, you're concerned. And I ask the question, are you self-projecting? Or are you having trust issues with yourself because you're thinking what you would do if you were them? I like that. I used to be that person. It's trust issues. It is about trust because I like, it's because like for me, I'm friends with a lot of women. That's that I've always been like that. I've been like that since I was a child. Most of my friends are women. And I can say now me and my business, I'm a chef. I I cater and I do a lot of business out here and I've catered for a lot of women I've slept with that have, that have married and I'm catering their weddings. I'm catering their parties and they have their significant other with them. And, but we're simply friends. It's like, you say, it's a boundary. So even though we had sex in the past, it's still a boundary. We still have communication with each other and we're still able to speak and I'm transparent with the person that I am with. So if I'm with a person, I'm going to be transparent. Look, this is what happened in the past. You know, this is my business and this is what I want to do. And we're friends and you have nothing to worry about because I'm going to let you know everything that happens. And as long as I'm transparent with the person I'm with, there should be no problem at all. And so that, that goes both ways. Yeah, when you go back to betting, these are the things that you need to learn about a person. You know how you just mentioned your profession, you know, and how you cater to, you know, previous and former lovers, you know, a lot of that needs to be sorted out before, you know, even when you're becoming intimate with someone, you know, that's exactly why I said before, you know, I don't want to talk about sex and all of that stuff. I want to get down to the core nitty gritty of who you are. That's very important. So then Chef Jamal should be like, hey, my brand is I cook for women. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, because you can be dating a massage therapist, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't know that I can get down with that. You know, you're looking at ass and thighs all day. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, hey, I do junk jambalaya, man. That's my thing. Man. I get it. So guys, this question is for you. We'll probably let this allow this to be our last question before we come to what Lewis has labeled solution time. Social media versus family, mom and pop, you bringing something home, you dating something, a plaything. How important 
is a woman's conduct online. Nowadays, we have OnlyFans, women are hypersexual, suggestive in their bikinis and their workouts and naked pictures. <laughs> How important is a woman's conduct online? You, is this solution time? No, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. He's about to read her the riot act. I know, right? <laughs> I'll be real short. I mean, in my profession, what I do, um, social media is important. It's just like job recruitment. You know, when I first uh, reached out to, to Erica um, as a model, to model for, for what I do, before I, I even hit send, I wanted to see what her profile was like. I looked at previous pictures and I said, okay, this is the type of person I would want in my portfolio and to work with, right? To network with. Mm -hmm. And when we had our first conversation, I was very upfront. I don't do boudoir. I don't do nudity. I, you know, this is what I shoot. You can look at my website, you can see X, Y, Z. So for me, Yes, social media kind of tells your story. A lot of people put a lot of information out. Um, pictures are worth 10,000 words to me. So for me, I say it, it, it's very important. Well, it's definitely important for me. Um, I think we're all kind of almost really traditional men. And sometimes, you know, meeting a family member or meeting your family, if it's someone that you want to even deal with, you definitely want to, you know, social media can really, it really trick people yeah. um, into doing things that they don't normally want to do or think they just need that type of attention. And you got to almost kind of almost try to weed certain things out. But I look at those things and I kind of, you know, you, you look at someone's timeline to see, and there are a lot of professional women, there are a lot of regular women who don't put themselves out there, you know, and mm. still have very good pay, a very good page with really good content of what they're trying to do, whether they're branding, whether it's just themselves or their family. So I don't get I don't get mixed up with all that stuff and know if she's wilding online, she's wilding offline. I mm. mean, that's just, it, that's how you can really cut it. Cause social <laughs> yeah. media, social media is what you're putting out for the world to see. Yeah. What you do outside is only what your sphere of influence can see. Yeah. So if you bold enough to do things that's going to put you on, on blast for whatever reason, that's for the whole world to see. And you're okay with that. I'm just not okay with that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I would like to, that's my betting part. When I look at interest for what if it's branding, something I want to collab with, someone I want to network with, it, that is really important because I look for a certain type of woman. It's not any woman that can really grab my attention um, if she doesn't look right. I mean, that's just me. And I want to attract that type of woman as well. I don't want her saying, take your clothes off. Let me see you pull down your shirt. Yeah. Come to the house. How about that? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Nice. Social media is going to explain a lot about somebody's character. Absolutely. Period. If you, if just if somebody is on there and all they do is take selfies all day, that's all you see. That's it. That explains a lot about their character right there. 
So from going from them twerking or a lot of uh, doing a lot of projects or building things, it shows a lot about so you pause. We got Xfinity. That was me, and I was. Oh my gosh! Raise. Leo. Yeah. Uh, take on that. Okay, there you go. My take, my take on social media, honestly, and, and women is is quite simple. Accountability. I, I'm gonna just say accountability. At the end of the day, if you hold yourself accountable for what you post. Don't be shocked about certain comments. That's right. If you hold yourself accountable, that means that you have the awareness of what you're posting. For likes, don't feel some kind of way when there's a comment or a buttload of DMs mm -hmm. that are lustful, mm -hmm. lust at first sight, and you're wondering, that's not the kind of guy I'm looking for. That's not the kind of man I'm trying to pursue, et cetera, et cetera. Let's be clear, 99.999% of everybody on social media never reads them damn terms and conditions. <laughs> All your photos are captured on a cloud that you can never right. get back Treat. and can be used against you at any and all cost. Right. And can be used to manipulate your character and demean your character at all costs. So if you hold yourself accountable for exactly what you're preparing to post, what you're prepping yourself before you even prepare, prepare yourself to post. Understand you must hold yourself accountable for what is going to happen. Don't get shocked, don't get surprised. Understand whatever you post cultivates a particular type of group of comments, ideologies, and type of people that will follow and address you how you are addressing yourself. There's a famous quote that was said a long time ago. I forgot who it said, but they said, dress how you want to be addressed. And it's the same concept, same philosophy on social media, how you carry yourself in public, how you carry yourself in general. Accountability, simple as that. Facts. Unfortunately, you have some women, even if they dress to the nines with the turtleneck, they still get negative DMs, you know, and that just, unfortunately, that's, that, that's some issues that some women have, have to face, but I agree with you on the level of accountability on both sides, you know, men and women. No, I agree. I agree. But, uh, and, and no, to, to support exactly what you're saying, yeah. I totally 100% agree. I just think the alternative of what we're saying, which is still in agreement, is if all of her photos are professional, nine times out of 10, she won't have as many knuckleheads in her DMs and in her comments in comparison to a woman who is catering to that audience. You know, it, it's, I, I don't want to go down the, the deep end or the rabbit's hole of how we as a culture have been enticed and programmed to follow the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. I know that that's biblical by default, but when it comes down to the culture and what we identify as success, it's mind blowing. I remember I did a speaking engagement and I'll keep this really brief. I did a speaking engagement at one of my HBCUs, uh, Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida. 
um, honorary alumni there. And I remember I had a full blown 48 class session of students with professors and faculty. And I wanted everybody to participate. I said, okay, how many people can you, how many people can define success? Everybody raise their hands. I said, okay, how many people can you define as the representation of success? Everybody raise their hand. I said, eliminate entertainers and athletes. Identify how many people in our culture you identify success. Out of 47 people, two raised their hand, <laughs> two, which goes to show you we as a community identify success as something that's portrayed through entertainment or athletics. And if entertainment and athletics is projecting the behaviors mm -hmm. of what we've developed as, oh, that's fine, that's sexy, that's hot, whoop-de-whoop, -whoop, we're gonna follow suit. So again, yes, everybody's shouting Kamala, 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 but nobody was shouting Kamala when she was going through her progression. She only became a recognized face because it was a position of power. Nobody said that about Michelle Obama until she was first, you know, first lady of first black man, first black president. So again, that's why I say accountability plays a major role in how you project yourself and the audience that comes toward you. Good stuff. Beautiful. All right. You know Oh, wait, well, I had a question for the ladies. Question for the ladies. All yeah. right, speaking about that, about social media. I had, I have two friends, two, um, two um, nice young ladies, and they asked me a question. One of the young ladies said that on her social media, all she gets is a guy that's very, a lot of polite guys, very gentlemen. A lot of gentlemen come up to her and stuff like that. But when they go out on a date, you know, they're, too much, uh, I guess, how does she explain? Too soft for her. And she said she wants a man to really just grab her, take her, and you know, that's what she wants. Ike Turner. But she can't find that because her social media is very, it's, it's very, mm, I can say, uh, how can I say? It's a little boring, I can say. You know, I, I for me, I can say it's boring, but and for her, she doesn't understand. So how would she have that change? How can she change that? She doesn't want those type of men that's just straight jump. Attracting men from social media? I mean, when she goes out to, because she is a very nice woman. She's very nice. She's, she's quiet. Is she an aggressor? Does she take does she take the lead? Does she take charge to initiate what she wants? Is she the that's probably, that's probably the reason she does she lets the men. And, and and that's all fair. I mean, you know, giving him that power. But if that is what you want, sometimes you need to initiate that. You know, Music Soul Child didn't make the song Teach Me for nothing. So <laughs> I'm just saying, teach him what you want let him know what you desire and you know what I mean? because he can have every other quality but maybe he's just not an alpha maybe he's not an aggressor so you, right. you have to show him like hey i like it like this just saying. i think based on her profile if she's playing it too safe she's going to get the safe guys now i'm not saying you have to wear a bikini and just to prove your point but i think you have to 
just take a variety of pictures show like you doing activities that you enjoy or just you know certain restaurants you you like to frequent so it kind of gives somebody a snapshot of okay this person enjoys this this is you know to kind of see if they line up with you know certain activities or things like that too because if you just take one picture same pose boring the boring guy is going to come because it's like oh she's boring i'm boring let's get together you know what i mean <laughs> show that you're exciting and you have you know just different aspects of your life then you'll attract probably a larger you know um audience so i feel like maybe she should take different photos showing different not conservative too, just not the same you know, one pose, you know, picture. Because, I, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with being quiet, but then also the guys that are more exciting are going after the women who are taking Scottish pictures. Let's right. be honest. You know? They're more exciting, so they're going to go for the exciting chick who is showing everything. So, you know. <laughs> and that's exactly what I said earlier. You know, all of this is like modern dating. So when did it ever become the new norm to find men on social media? I mean, like, you know, whether it's a dating app or Instagram, Facebook, you know, are you really in tune with yourself and how are you networking yourself abroad? Are you going out, you know, and actually meeting people or are you trying to meet someone online? You know, so I think the, the blueprint and the formula and that alone is important. But I mean, be yourself. If that is her originality and that's who she is, I don't. I wouldn't alter that. You know, I think it's when you find that person and you can relate to them, you enjoy them, you guys like each other, then you can have that conversation. But the well, is she is she dating? Is she dating um, Chef Jamal? Is she dating? Like, what's her why behind behind dating? Like, where is she in the process? Is she like? okay, I'm, I'm dating, I'm courting to get married. I'm dating because I'm trying to have fun. I'm dating because I'm trying to get myself out there. Because like, if she doesn't, like, I feel like in life, if you don't have a why or a purpose of why you're doing stuff, because it all boils down back to you, right? If I say, hey, I'm dating for fun, then maybe that's going to translate into her pictures or I'm dating and um, uh, I'm looking for this certain type of guy. That's going to translate into her pictures. So it always boils back down to us. Um, so she needs to get down to that why, why she, what, what is her purpose for dating right now, you know? Solution time. Uh, what is your take on love and sex in our conversation? And what do you gather? What would you like to, uh, what is your summation? Who, me? Yes, you. Um, <laughs> pretty much in summary, man, uh, I'll say this. Um, Intimacy is, in short, intimacy speaks for itself. And when I say speaks for itself, pay attention to the key word intimacy. Intimacy. And I think we as a people, we as individuals, just need to take the time out to really see our internal selves and communicate with our spouses. You know, whether it's hard times, whether you're going through rough times or whether you may feel alone, you just communicate with yourself and get some peace. We, we all have a lot of hurt come to the territory, but let's love ourselves in the sense that we can forgive ourselves for what has happened, 
but not carry that baggage or that luggage on our destiny moving forward. It's a waste of time. It's a headache. It's, it's too much weight on our bodies. We already have enough. Let, let's, let's really have a better understanding of intimacy. Into me, you see. Beautiful. Jelan. Um, summation, love and sex. I think it's about what you want out of the relationship. Because um, people date, have sex for different reasons. You know, um, depends on where you are and where you're going. And I feel like, again, the, I guess, top note of that is just having that communication on you know, what you want out of the sexual relationship or, you know, are you looking for love? Is that something you want in your life right now? So I feel like it's just communication, knowing yourself, knowing what you want, going after it and just enjoying your life. Yes, Miss Ann Dresa. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to come get that shirt when this is over. I love it. Wow. <laughs> So um, just listening to uh, my summation on love and sex, I, and I guess I, this is just where I am in my journey. I always try to figure out what am I bringing to the table and, and everything, you know? Um, so I always wanna, I, I wanna say love and sex, looking back into yourself, um, learning yourself, learning yourself, healing yourself, healing your traumas, healing your wounds, um, uh, celebrating your, your, um, your strengths and figuring yourself out so that you, when you get with someone else, you are a compliment to them, you know? And that you're just, you're just kind of melting together as well. I love so. that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And Jamal? <clears throat> Yes, with love and sex, make sure that you are happy with yourself. Make sure that as long as you have closure with anything in your past and happy where you're at right now, you're able to make the other person happy that you're with. Yeah. So just make sure you have that clarification. Make sure you know exactly what makes you happy and you are at a happy place. And you'll have a grand time with the person you're with. I love that. I love all of your answers, but I can relate to that. I, I love that because a lot of times it's, it's ourselves we haven't looked at and we're trying to make sure that they are the perfect match for who, you mm. know, what they're falling in love with you and you haven't even done the work. Mm -hmm. that, that's beautiful. I want to move over to Miss Sharon, my beautiful Miss Sharon. <laughs> what is your take? Love and sex. Um, Basically, um, trust, it's about trust, it's about communication, um, loving yourself as well, um, knowing what you um, want, if you wanna be in a relationship, if you wanna be in love or whatever it is you're looking for, um, uh, um, communicate, you know, say what you want, say what you need. Um, as I said before, initially, I think in the beginning of a relationship, it's important to um, communicate um, what you want. What do you want out of this relationship? You know, right now I, I want to be in love. I would like to be in all these other things. 
it's not happening, but you know, that is what I want. I mean, I don't date the social media stuff is all like crazy stuff. It's, it's weird to me, but um, you know, that's going to happen one day. I'm very confident in it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, 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 um, I think communication, man, communication and, and, and loving yourself and um, um, knowing that you deserve it. And also um, what can you bring to the table, you know, bring to someone else, you know, what can you give them? What can you offer them? That's amazing. Lewis. I would say, I mean, just like, you know, just to piggyback on some of the other things that people said, you know, obviously communication is is key. uh, And I'll always say the comprehension of what you're talking about is key to someone has to understand what you're saying. It has to come across that way in order to, I guess, to be believable or to have some type of chemistry among yourself where you can both agree on things. And also I would say, you know, we have to understand, especially with love and sex, that people are operating under the resources that they have. And everyone do not have the same resources. So that's how people respond. That's how people act. And you have to kind of almost be mindful of that, especially if you're a person that you are a continuous learner. I'm a continuous learner, so I'm not expecting everybody else to be. But when I get myself involved with someone, um, I definitely under, try to understand where they're coming from because they may not be where I am or I may not be where they're at, but I do understand that, you know, what's going on, what the situation is. And we have to be careful when we're talking about love because people, everyone love differently mm-hmm. and we must get a better understanding of what that is. Um, and everyone may not talk about sex all the time, but we can talk about intimacy. We could talk about things that does it for you. So with all things, get an understanding and just realize that the resources can be limited or can be a lot based on the person and the individual. Understand what that is. Yeah. And to tie along with that, it's like, you know, when we do talk about sex, you're also laying down with this person. So you're exchanging this energy, their stuff versus your stuff. For me, that's entering your soul. You're building soul ties. There's a a spirituality, there's a connection there. So if you're not cautious about that, not only can you grow feelings for this person, but it becomes this exchange where the miscommunication came from where? The exchange of sex, which to many is not even love anymore. To me, I I really hold that, oh my God, extremely high. You know, I think that that has been my hindrance in relationship. I just, I will not take that stance and I'm not going to go to that level. And, you know, until you and I get to know each other, you know, I don't want to give you that part of me. I need to learn myself and you need to learn me. I need to learn you vice versa. So um, I think that that's, that's huge. That's huge to tie along with what you said. Oscar, what's your take? Um, Just in summary, I would say, like everyone said, of course, know where you are once you reach that place of discovery. Specifically though, when it comes to love and sex, mm-hmm. give it, receive it, cherish it, don't abuse it. Because the very thing that you misuse, you're gonna eventually abuse. That's right. So someone may be giving you love, that woman may be giving you love, that man may be giving you love, if you mischoose it, you're gonna abuse it. That man may be giving you sex, that woman may be giving you sex. If you don't cherish it, you're gonna abuse it. 
So at the end of the day, once you discover who you are, where you are, and where you want to be in terms of relationships, just cherish it, give it, don't abuse it, because if you do, and don't misuse it, because you will eventually abuse it. I love 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 you guys too. Thank you so much for tonight. <laughs> and I look forward to our next conversation. I'm so sorry for my technical issues. Sharon, Andresa, Jalan, thank you. Leo, Jamal, a smile. <laughs> Oscar, Lewis, thank you so much. Thank you. It was right. fun. In our next chapter. Good night, guys. All right, good night. Everybody. Everyone have a good night. Bye, Bye everyone.